Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. What is up, everybody? It's the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell, also of Dogs 24-7. It's a bonus pod, okay? this Listen, this one right here, we're still coming to you tomorrow. We're still coming to you on Wednesday. We're still coming to you on Thursday. But it ain't every day that the team you cover is number one in the country. We're going to talk about that. Before we get to that, though, Rusty had a chance to talk to you guys after the game. Me and Kip sharing a couple little Auburn thoughts. Maybe let Rusty chime in with something if he's had a chance to marinate on it for a second. But, Kip, you watched that game, 34-10. Georgia gets a big win. What did you think? Well, uh, I thought that, one, Stetson Bennett would have to come in there and, you know, make some things happen and try to limit, you know, mistakes. And, I mean, honestly, he played about as close to mistake-free football as you can really play. And I think – you know, he's been labeled many things, you know, during his time at Georgia. I think you can kind of take the uh, game manager aspect of, of his label and throw that one out the window. And he was a straight playmaker out there. Uh, so we, we talked about that hostile environment being a factor. And, and, you know, even though Georgia didn't come out firing in all cylinders like, like they kind of had been in, in the other games right out of the gate, I mean, the guy didn't turn the ball over, got got the ball to his playmakers and made play after play after play. Just the grit and toughness and just pure playmaking ability he showed out there. I mean, now, you know, he you start to wonder, you know, how, how many teams would Stetson Bennett start for right now? I mean, his passer rating is now – like over 206 and he's got you know he's approaching 70 percent on his completion percentage and over 13 yards per attempt which is an outstanding stat as well but I mean he's also averaging almost eight yards a run and some of those runs out there I mean we did we did spend a lot of the week talking about you know Bo Nix and what he brings to the table as far as extending plays but Stetson brings something that makes it a little more difficult on the opposing defenses as far as what they have to scheme for because not only does he get the ball to playmakers, but he, he's able to do things himself if he needs to. He's fast. And I think kind of what stood out to me the most was just kind of the guys that he's throwing the ball to. I mean, the talent is there. We've seen it, but it just wasn't the guys we talked about, you know, during the offseason and summer. We didn't say – you know, even though they, they were all impressed with their offseason and how they've been coming along, but Lad McConkey, A.D. Mitchell, and Brock Bowers, you know, were not the guys we thought would be the leading pass catchers at this point. We thought they had bright futures, but, I mean, he's got some some young guys out there and some guys that, you know, weren't the highest-rated guys as far as the guys on offense. But, I mean, 
It, they had their first true SEC road game, and, and those guys pushed for 200 yards receiving, nine catches, and two touchdowns. I just think the production out of that group is outstanding and, and when Georgia needed it most because obviously the pass catchers have been banged up coming into this game. The, the amount of injuries they've kind of had in that room is, you know, uh, it, it's not insignificant. But, you know, what Stetson didn't worry about that. He said, all right, these are the guys I, I'm rolling with and let's go in there. And uh, let's let's cover the spread once again. That's what Georgia did. Yeah, I, once again, another covered spread, three scores. Uh, weird game to me in a lot of ways just because of, you know, Auburn came out. And, you know, on that first drive, I didn't really pick up on this on the first drive. But Auburn goes out there and they, they convert some first downs. They get a fourth down. You think, well, maybe Georgia didn't come to play. Then all of a sudden, man, like I watched it after – not all of a sudden, but I watched it after, and I was like, you know what? That first drive felt a little bit – I don't – maybe fluky is not the right word, but it was narrow. Like, it was like narrow margins. Auburn was doing everything they possibly could just to get, get first downs and just to keep the chains moving, and eventually that kind of ran out on them. You know, that, that, that they dropped passes. They had trouble protecting. Uh I tell you what, though, and and I think this goes. This is twofold. But one thing I've noticed in watching Georgia over the past, you know, few years, and you'll flip on Ohio State, and you'll flip on Oregon, and and you know other, you know, you Ole Miss last year, Oklahoma State in the past. You know, I mean, some of these high flying offenses, Oklahoma, whatever, and you just see guys with five, ten yards of separation down the field and you're like how in the heck did they accomplish that because you don't really get to see that all 22 film you don't get to see the route or or what caused it to happen and georgia yesterday without jermaine burton who's dealing with a groin injury but made the trip without marcus rosemey jack sane or arian smith or or george pickens or dominic blaylock i mean georgia's got six receivers that in their respective classes guys were top 100 overall prospects who are unavailable right now, all right? Completely unavailable. The only guys they have available are two three-star guys. One of them's a redshirt freshman, Lab McConkie. One of them's a true freshman, and uh, and um, uh, A.D. Mitchell. And then they've got Kyrus Jackson and, uh, and uh, Justin Robinson, who are four-star prospects, and, you know, the, and Jackson Meeks yesterday. That was it. Georgia Travel was seven, but – Rosemary Jack Saint and uh, and and you know uh, Jermaine Burton were not available to play, so you look at it like that, and then you see you still see those plays all of a sudden. You're still seeing a guy get open six, seven, eight yards behind the defense, make a big play, score a touchdown, and it's Lab McConkey. And you know, one great job by Todd Munkin finding a way to to pick out where that defense is vulnerable. Number two, I mean. The routes run. The, you got a chance to see one of those routes, the one that was underthrown a little bit, but set up a touchdown. That McConkey just—I mean, he put—he put old boy in some conflict. Okay, that kid was—he didn't know where he stopped his feet, and Lad ran right by him. The second one, I think, was kind of a weaving stick type post route, and uh, Lad did him up there too. You saw Ad Mitchell, you know, give Rod, uh, uh, give. Uh, uh, Roger McCreary, some trouble down there near the goal line with that little whip route. Um, Georgia's got some advanced route runners, and they're young, and they're athletic, and they're explosive, and that really showed up. That really showed up in a big way. I thought the offensive line played really well. I thought Broderick Jones came in and played extremely well for Jamari Sawyer. 
who, again, you know, when we're looking at the injury front, Kirby didn't seem super concerned about it when he talked about it after the game. So I think that's a positive. It's also a positive that Jermaine Burton and Marcus Rosemary Jack Saint even went on the trip because if there was no chance of them playing, if they couldn't have played, if they even if they were needed, they wouldn't have gone. So, you know, taking it all in, this is a beat-up football team. This is a tired football team, but it's a football team that is together and they just really, really want to win and they really, really know how to win. And uh, we'll get a chance to talk about their next opponent here in just a little bit. But let's take a break here real fast. Rusty, let me give you one chance here real quick. After some chances to think about it a little bit, you got a tidbit, anything you want to share as far as uh, from that Auburn game, I know you had about ten minutes to talk about it just by yourself last night. Yeah, it was it pretty much summed it up. But uh, you know, I talked to an SEC staff today, and uh, they just told me they said, "Man, that kid Stetson Bennett just keeps winning games." You know, and I thought of all the things to describe him and everything. This is this was a, an SEC staff. I'll just put it that way. And their words that that kid just keeps winning games. And I said it on the board today. Um, Georgia is extremely fortunate to have that young man in that quarterback room right now because he gives such a, a value and a peace of mind that offensive staff. If JT Daniels cannot go, we got a guy that can go win a game. And Jake, you were there, so you know the environment. Look, Rocket on TV for sure, early on, especially. Um, you got a guy that can go on the road and win. Uh, and right now, it doesn't seem rattled, looks confident, looks comfortable. Like Kip said, I mean, he was just making throws all over the field, and um, you know, he runs enough to make you da- to make you really have to prepare for that. And he's sneaky quick, man, and he's not going to burn anybody up in the forty and those types of things. He's sneaky quick. He's on you pretty quick on the second level, and I think he caught Auburn a couple times off guard. Made a great read on that pull on that little RPO read, and uh, you know, it's going to be interesting how the rest of this week plays out. Who's playing? Who's doing this? But Rest assured, when JT Daniels comes back, Georgia feels confident they got a guy behind him that can win a ball game. No doubt about it. And I think the one thing we've all got to realize here is Stetson Bennett's a better quarterback than he was this time last year. And Stetson Bennett's a healthier quarterback than he was this time last year because everybody forgets about it. But that thing that he had on his hand last year, on his throwing hand, a broken finger, that was a problem. Gets hurt against Florida. It just was a different quarterback whenever he was fully healthy last year, and he seems fully healthy, and he's got a lot of confidence, and Georgia's really fortunate to have him um, at this point in the year. Let's talk about Georgia being number one on the other side of the break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Top of the heat. 
Numero uno, Georgia, number one in the AP poll, number one in the coaches poll. This is not the first time they've been number one in a poll under Kirby Smart because they were number one for a couple weeks in the college football playoff rankings uh, in 2017. But, Rusty, this is not every day. It was 1980, well, what was it, since the last time Georgia's been ranked? Uh, by the AP poll, number one in the season. I mean, I know that it came by default because Alabama lost, and I watched a lot of that game. It wasn't the best thing I saw on TV. That Tyson Fury, uh, uh, that Tyson Fury, uh, Deontay Wilder fight was the best thing on television yesterday. Uh, but um, it came by default because Alabama lost. But what does this mean? And 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 obviously, I think we all know the answer to the way Kirby's going to treat it, right? Uh, he's definitely going to be – it's going to be rat poison like crazy all day tomorrow. His press conference, the first two minutes, is going to be how bad they looked on tape and how much they can fix and, you know, and, and it is what it is. I mean, that's that's his job. And, and you look at a, a very, you know, we talk about this a lot, you know, this locker room's together, uh, the leadership on this team, you shouldn't allow that to really go to your head right now. But what it does for Georgia – is it brings game day back for a third time this year for Georgia. It brings SEC Nation to Athens this weekend. You just can't put a dollar figure on the marketing and all the recruits around the country seeing that again. It creates a big game environment. I don't think Kirby Smart's going to have to really challenge anybody. I mean, this game is going to be um, – this crowd is going to be electric. Um, you know, from what I've seen, South Carolina and Arkansas, two of the best – Home crowds I've seen in a long time in Athens, so I expect another big one. Uh, I expect Kentucky to travel well. Six and over. When Kip sent me that yesterday, Kip texted me after the game and said, Georgia's going to be number one. You know, if Bama loses at that point, first time since 1982, I was like, what? No way. I mean, I, I thought in 2017 they were at one point, but it was college football playoffs. So that's crazy. It's been that long. Uh, but, but I think that, um, you know, Kirby Smart in closed doors and in, in, in front of the media is going to do what he does, and that's what he should do. But when he's sitting in that recruiting office, closed doors, and you're calling all those recruits this week when they call when they call recruits on Wednesday night, don't think it's not going to be mentioned. That, hey, we're number one in the country. Come see the number one team in the country play this weekend. So it works both ways on that side of it. It's a win-win for Georgia. Uh, I think this team can handle it. They played in big games. Kirby Smart's got this program to where it is now. Uh, but I put in our notes today and, and on the board, Georgia uh, takes the number one ranking on 10-10. National Championships January the 11th. We'll see where it goes between now and then. But on 10-10, Georgia's number one in both polls. And between now and then, it's going to be a lot of decisions and a lot of things played out. Three months is a long time to hold on to that thing. But where else would you want to be? You know, where – I mean – if you're gonna if you're gonna win it all, if you're gonna be an elite football program, you're gonna be in this spot, okay? And and you've got to deal with it. You've just got to deal with it. I would love nothing more than for Kirby Smart to just go all out tomorrow, whether it's via Zoom, whether it's in person, we don't know yet. For him to just say, come out there and say, as far as I'm concerned, guys, we're five and one. We should have lost on Saturday. We should. I mean, to basically apologize for winning. Oh, I hope he. Just, I hope he does something crazy like that. I, I feel like it might actually cut the tension. He's not going to. He's not over the top like that. But you're right, Rusty. He's going to be critical. He's going to pick out all. He's. Yeah, I don't know if he'll get specific with it, but he'll talk about you know them being fortunate that Auburn dropped as many passes as they did, and they are. 
they're fortunate that that didn't happen or they're fortunate that, that, that this was missed and that was missed and they've got a lot to fix and a long way to go. And, uh, you know, that's he's going to talk about how beat up they are and all that stuff. But, you know, again, behind closed doors, he's you know, the, the message is going to be altered. It's going to be next man up. It's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be recruit. Like you said, with the recruiting, they're going to blow that number one ranking up and they should. Uh, but it's a balancing act. And listen, that's why he gets paid seven million dollars a year is to keep those messages straight. And to make sure that they're putting the right one out there to the right people, and that's what that's what kind of you know gets him paid like he's going to get paid like he gets paid right now. You um, watch the social media, and they had yeah. that number one ranking out real quick on all oh, yeah. their socials. You know what I mean? So yeah, they know who looks at that, not just fans but recruits. So they can talk about all they want, but the minute that number one ranking was out, they had edits. They were ready to ride for that. Right, no doubt. Kip, what, uh, what's your take on that number one ranking, how it can benefit, how it can rat poison Georgia? Any thoughts on it? Well, yeah, now, I mean, Kirby's been preaching this the whole time to to try to ignore the noise, to focus on, you know, the team, you know, team before me, all that type stuff. And now he gets to, to tell them, just like he did in the locker room, to stop reading all the press about yourself and now the targets on their back. It also helps. I mean, again, just like the Arkansas game a couple weeks ago, we said that, you know, when you mentioned trap games and focus, when you got a, a top 15 matchup in college game day coming to town, you don't have to worry about whether your team's going to get up or not. So now as far as motivation, I mean, he knows he could tell these guys, all right, you know, uh, this isn't what your goal was before the season. We didn't come into the season saying, you know, I hope we go into week seven, number one, or, you know, or I hope we can uh, have college game day in, in town twice in a month, which again, is still kind of crazy to think about college game day being in Athens two times in three weeks. But again, th- these are the goals. I mean, this is the type of standard that Kirby was trying to build at Georgia. So the fact that college game day is coming again, I mean, it tells you that, Everyone's paying attention to Georgia. And so now Kirby's got to say, all right, guys, everyone's paying attention to us. And so we have to stay focused and continue because we cannot get distracted from what our goal is. Like Rusty said, it's for us to be number one in January. I mean, that's the whole point. If we stumble now, we lose our margin of error and our goal becomes more difficult. I mean, you don't think that that's what – uh, Nick Saban is now telling his team in Tuscaloosa, all right, guys, we lost our focus. And now, you know, we got to run the table and you're going to get that version of Alabama the rest of the season. I mean, they've had some issues that became apparent in that game and, you know, against Texas A&M that now they have to fix. Well, I mean, Kirby's going to be pushing the same thing. Guys, we, you know, we gave up almost 300 passing yards to Auburn. You know, that's by far the most we've given up this season. We can't allow that to happen. You know, we we allowed them to score and not put the game away whenever we had an opportunity. You know, things like that. He's obviously going to be talking to them in the film room about every single mistake they made because he has to keep holding everyone to the same standard he did all offseason just to get to this point. I mean, so, again, that's you're at the halfway point of the year. So he still has the second half. He still has – two ranked teams to play this month you know he's he's got to get to the bye week you know so that he can get some of his guys healthy and he knows to do that he's got to beat another top 15 team the only other undefeated team left in the conference other than georgia is coming to athens this week 
And it's the second time, uh, again, that they're playing the number 11 team in, in Athens this, in this month. So it's just this schedule. We talked about how how big October was going to be, and it's, it's all set up there. So I don't think – I think Kirby – I mean, this is exactly what he wanted because now he can he can yell at every single player and he can – can yell at all you reporters tomorrow when you start asking questions about the quarterbacks and whether there's a, you know, a, a quarterback battle raging for whenever uh, JT does come back. Yeah, somebody's gonna get it tomorrow. Somebody's gonna, somebody's <laughs> gonna get it tomorrow. Maybe it'll be me. I'm gonna try. Go on, get in there, Jake. Get some I'm gonna, try, I'm gonna try to see if he can get, if he'll get after me tomorrow because it's been a while. I think it's been since, uh, I think it's been since that 2016 season when I asked him uh, something about the offensive line about if they thought about shuffling it up. Man, he got after me that day. That was a good how one. Dare how dare you, Jake? <laughs> My goodness, man. That was a good one. I had radio people calling me and being like, hey, he should have done that. I'm like, oh, it's a press conference, man. He didn't take a swing at me. You know, I mean, dang, it's it's not a big deal. Mm. Um, you know, it's not like he, like, you know, spelled my name out to the world and, uh, you know, told me he wished my parents had never, you know, had me or nothing. It wasn't that bad. But, uh, Rusty, uh, I know you've got a tidbit before we close this thing up, a little bit of a recruiting nugget. Let us have it. Uh, you know, we put this out, so this was kind of – I'll give you two. One was kind of out there um, with Michael Williams coming back, the five-star USC commit uh, from Columbus, Georgia. Everybody knows Georgia's recruiting him, but didn't never let up. And his brother, uh, Michael Trigg, his half-brother, is at uh, USC. So there's a lot of connection there for the Trojans and him, but – he came for the Arkansas game, and he'll be back for this one. It'll be his official visit, but did confirm this afternoon. Kind of made a note last week, but did confirm the five-star cornerback, one of the top players in the country, Jaheim Singletary out of Jacksonville, Florida, will be in town next weekend. And that's a guy that George is heavily, heavily after. Uh, you know, big, long corner out of Jacksonville, Florida. So, this 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 list this week will will continue to get what we call elite, and um, you know from what the names I'm working on right now, I think it's going to be a um, I think it's going to be a big deep list, and you know when you go three thirty as opposed to noon, which was incredible what they did a couple weeks ago with that visit list. When you go three thirty, it allows these kids to sleep in a little bit and travel. So uh, I expect um, let's just say I expect some committed elsewhere prospects probably in town. So we'll see when they show up, and we'll have that news on Dogs 247 if they do. Absolutely, and Georgia's got some momentum, obviously, with this season. With all that stuff going, we're going to have it covered for you over at Dogs 24-7. Tomorrow, just letting you guys know, Kirby's going to speak to the media. We'll probably have some injury updates. We'll have whatever he says in his press conference to talk about. We'll dig into Kentucky a little bit here. I think the point spread right now is Georgia by 22, is, is the 22-point favorite, which is kind of unreal. I don't know that Kentucky's not the best team they haven't that they've played in the last three weeks. Uh, Kentucky's a really good football team. We'll be discussing that all week as well. Mailbag on Wednesday, picks on Thursday. But for this one, that's all we've got. I'm Jay Rowe with Dawes 24-7, the Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell from the same place. Y'all take it easy. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. 
It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.